Hello, and welcome to another episode of Music and Therapy with Relationship Coach Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Guys, this week we have an amazing interview. I had a chance to talk to Sunel Gatsi. He is the CEO and founder of Intuitionology, and the things that he has to say about intuition is amazing. Now, I know we've touched on it in the past a little bit, but I think that in order for us to understand our relationships and know how to make the best decisions regarding our relationships, it's important to understand intuition, when to listen to intuition, and what it tells you. So without further ado, here's this amazing interview with Sunel Gatsi on intuition. And I want you guys to pay attention, especially to the part where he talks about relational intuition. Hello, Sunil Gatsi. Welcome to the Music and Therapy Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing awesome. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you did. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is uh, Sunil Gatsi. As we mentioned, I am CEO of and founder of Intuitionology. Uh, and basically what I do is I've taken a really deep dive into what intuition really is. I mean, everybody kind of talks about it. Uh, I want to trust my gut, trust my intuition, but it's actually much more complex than that. And really fo- looking at sort of what hap- how it's come up in my life, um, I've, I really needed to understand how it worked. And so what I've done is when I have done it uh, and taken that deep dive, I really help people uh, make sure that they don't waste time making bad decisions. And in your case, it's in relationships. Um, and so when they waste time making bad decisions, then they often start going down the wrong path. And intuition, uh, and I'll, I'll dive into sort of how intuition gets them back on the right path, and then how can how they can take that forward to continue to make right decisions every single time. That's amazing because you know, like even with relationships, sometimes you have intuition or this gut feeling that you shouldn't do this, but you ignore it. And then, you, of course, you head down the wrong direction. Or then there are other times where yeah. you think you're following intuition, but you're really not. You're working out of fear and Mm-hmm. stress your own ideas so then you still take yourself further away from your goal so how do you know if you will have intuition or if your your reluctance is based off of fear or failure or whatever it is yeah so so the, when i when i did a deep dive into what intuition is and i really look, looked at the research one of the things is and i actually struggled at finding a definition um and so when i reflected back on my life i, I knew that there were a couple of things that happened I knew that when I listened to it or trusted it, uh, that good things happened. And I remember when I was five years old, there was these video games that I wanted to buy. And my dad said, they're too expensive. And that didn't sit well with me. And I remember this voice specifically telling me to go door to door to raise money. And so at five years old, I went door to door and raised $200, $100 went to my dad. And the other $100 went to charity. So that was something that was really, really, uh, really, it felt good to me. But then I also realized that when I didn't trust my intuition, 
uh, bad things happened. And uh, this is where we start now getting to wasting time, effort and money. And and in one case, a good friend, um, what I didn't trust my intuition as a, and for those who can't see, I'm a South Asian male. So there's really kind of four doors, career doors that you have. It's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. That's it. And so I chose door number three. My dad was an engineer and uh, I became the engineer, even though my intuition was screaming at me to say that you're an entrepreneur. And then year two of my engineering stint. Uh, what I did is I ended up becoming a part-time investor with the restaurant. And pretty soon I was making five times more in dividends as a part-time investor than I was full-time engineer. And I just said, this has got to stop. And my intuition was getting louder and louder. And finally, I left engineering. I quit in year three. I lost my relationship wow. with my dad, um, but it was necessary. I, I, that's when I, I got into eng- uh, to entrepreneurship and oh boy, I loved it. Uh, five or six ventures in, $20 million in revenues. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing ride. Um, wow. And then I ended up moving to management consulting and I had this big contract where the money was amazing. And, uh, uh, but the, yet the contract terms kept changing. So again, something was itching to say, don't take the contract. But I was so emotionally involved with that contract that I ended up taking it. And I spent every single penny to go down to the States and they never paid me. So I came back to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account. Just, wow. And I was about to be married. Um, my wife, luckily, she was in India. That's where I met her. And so I remember her phoning and say, how are things going? And I said, good. You know, just heading back to Calgary, Canada to, you know, um, reset. And meanwhile, you know, I there was, the money was gone for our marriage and I had no place to sleep that night. Um, didn't know. I, was, I had to think on the way what to do. But perhaps the most devastating um, situation that happened to me that really got me to understand what intuition was, was that I had a good friend who was reaching out to me when I was in engineering school in the university. And she was being stalked at the time. So she said, I need some help. Can you help me? And uh, I said, sure. Um and my, again, something was itching to say, it was telling me to meet her that afternoon. Yeah. And for some real dumb reason, I said, you know what, let's meet a couple of days later. And what ended up happening is the very next day, that same guy walked up to her, uh, went to, followed her into a bus shelter and put a bullet through her head uh, and killed her instantly. And so this is now where I needed to really figure out what this thing is called, what this thing called intuition is. Why, what were these somethings? Uh, and why did I ignore it sometimes? And why did I trust it other times? Right. And so, yeah, and, and, I, and I really need to figure out like, okay, this can't be that simple. And so when I looked at the research, one of the, one of the things I struggled with was this definition. Uh, so why can't I find a definition? I mean, things online were saying that it's, it's, it's manifestations from God or voices from God, or it's, it's cosmic in nature or it comes with meditation. And I understand that other people understand that. They, that's how they define it. But for me, it didn't resonate with me. So once I started looking at the research, um, one of the pieces of research, uh, and there's tens of thousands of articles, by the way, unbelievable amounts of research when I didn't think there was much. Uh, and so one of the pieces of research sh- shows that the intuition actually is comes, it hits the amygdala, which is the primitive part of your brain. A couple other areas of the brain as well, called the prefrontal cortex, which is, and, and, when you when you're at the amygdala or the what they call the PFC, um, where there's emotional regulation and it actually regulates your fear, but there's no language associated with that, and that's the whole reason why I couldn't define it. Uh, and so we all put our own definition on it. And then you were talking earlier about fear. When you're hitting the amygdala stage, the only thing that your amygdala knows is really kind of these signals like uh, fight or flight. There's a saber-toothed tiger coming or uh, run, right? Or, 
you just push ahead, think, trust, do. That's all it is. Um, And so when we're talking about fear, and we'll get into fear a little bit later on and and how we can dispel the fact that fear is actually our best friend. uh, And I'll I'll give you the reason why uh, in a bit. But um, that's why we couldn't, I couldn't define it. And so then we have these things, these somethings that were itching at me. Okay, so and they were all different. So when I went to interview, I interviewed over a thousand people, uh, and many of them ended up have ended up on my podcast series. One of the things that came up was that these these signals were there were two types of them. One was positive signals. One was negative signals. Mm-hmm. The positive signals are the ones that say, "Go ahead, you can do this." Right. Um, and for me that's kind of like the dots are connecting or it's a flow. And because again, these are individual things where there's no language, my signal is going to be different and your signals may be different as well. And then the other type is the negative signals. And obviously the negative signals, are the ones that are saying, don't make that decision. And so for me, it's, it's really that, um, uh, you know, that gut feeling or just a sense like uh, where they walk into a room that's like something's off. Right. And yeah. so that's that negative signal. Uh, and one of the things that, the characteristics of a negative signal is that it actually starts very subtle in nature. And so those are the ones we miss, the whispers. Oprah calls it a whisper. Uh, and many times we'll walk into a room, for example, just like the example I gave saying, there's something wrong here. Like, uh, And it's these are internal thoughts, yet we'll still move ahead in that. And so one of the challenges we have is that we all gravitate to, well, I'm trusting my gut, I'm trusting my intuition, but many people don't understand what that means. And so what that means is I think they do get signals, but they don't know the characteristics of them. And so yeah. once again, the, the deeper signal, like again, the uniqueness of the signal is that I had one CEO entrepreneur and he didn't know what his signals were. And so he kept talking and I said, okay, let's talk about your failures that you got into. And every single time I talked about his failures, he started grabbing his left earlobe and he just said, oh my God, I just realized what my intuitive signal is, his negative intuitive signal was his earlobe. So every time he got into a business venture, he used to wonder why his left earlobe got hot. Every time he talked to his wife about those business ventures, his left earlobe got hot. And the other thing with our signals is we may have some ones that are common. So for example, you and I may have that voice. Let's say our our negative signal is common, which is a voice. Mm -hmm. To you, that might be signal number one, which is fantastic then you know that when you hear that voice and it's negative, you're going to back away. But for me, if that's signal number three that I've identified, that means that I've missed signal number one and signal number two, right? right? And when I missed those two signals, I've made two bad decisions. And two bad decisions could be just stubbing my toe on the corner of a wall, or I could be headed towards bankruptcy. I, I don't know. And, and the way that intuition functions uh, in general for most people, for everybody, is that it's like driving a car. So you turn, you press a button or you turn the keys and you hear the engine whir, which, is, which are your intuitive signals. Uh, and then you just drive. You don't really pop open the hood. You don't need to, to figure out what the components are underneath. But me, me being that nerdy sort of former engineer type, I really want to find out what's under the hood. And so... Um, what I found out was when I continued my research that there's actually four types of intuition that all work together. And the best way I can explain this is by taking you through a case with a non-believer. So I phoned one, a, a colleague of mine, John Rothschild, 
And this is a, an investment banker where data, spreadsheets, that rules his life. And so at the time when everything online is talking about manifestation and voices from God and coming from the cosmos, this is something that it just did not resonate with him. And so for him, he's saying, yeah, intuition, it just doesn't, yeah, no, I don't think so, Snail. Like, come down, we'll talk about, uh, you know, intuition, I think, for about five minutes and the rest of the time, let's just catch up. And so uh, I, I sat down with him to try and convince him that there are people in business that see these things. And he just says, yeah, you know what, Sunil, I, into, you know what, things in life, decisions in our life are really about experiences and learning and data. And so now we're going to start getting to the four types of intuition. One of the four types is called experiential intuition. And experiential intuition goes back into your subconscious. So if you think when you know that you're born, so research has shown that you're born with intuition. And another piece of research has shown that infants as young as two months old have been shown to have intuitive tendencies. So you have this intuition that keeps taking these experiences, more experiences and more experiences and packing them into the subconscious area of your brain like a library. So if you look at your brain like uh, an iceberg, 90% subconscious underwater, 10% conscious above water. So you have this huge library of information that's constantly being added to so that the time that you need to make a decision, your intuition is going to go into that library and pull all the relevant pieces of learning and experience, both good and bad, both formal and informal, from the past, to inform a decision that you're going to make and it sends you a signal. And so, and, and then I was telling John that sometimes your intuition goes against the data and he says, wow, well, I have an, I have a, a, an example of that. And I said, well, please tell me about that, John. So now we're going to get into the second of the four called situational intuition. John was in the business of putting franchise locations together, restaurants and things like that. And a successful franchise location would be a nine out of 10 on a benchmarking system. And they looked at traffic patterns, demographics, development in that area, things like that. And what, what happened is that he and his partner, there was this one situation that they walked into this really rundown area of Toronto and his team had looked at that location. It was a five and a half out of 10, not even close yet. His and his partner look at each other and they go, something is telling me, and he's using now, he's starting to use the word intuition. Perhaps it's intuition, I'm not sure. But something is telling me to put a location here. And his team was mad because they actually went ahead and put a location. That location, that franchise became the best franchise opportunity for them called the beer market in their whole portfolio of restaurant chains. Uh, all because of now this thing called situational intuition, where they went to the situation, they something is telling me that we need to. And so now he's getting it. John is starting to really start to use, kind of interject or in, integrate the word intuition into his vocabulary. We start talking about teamwork. We talk about uh, relationships with people at work um, and relationships with people at, in his, um, in, around him in his personal life. And, uh, then his purpose changes. Yeah, he goes from saying, I don't want to be on the sidelines as an investment banker. I want to actually run a business. Right. And so now we're going to get into a third of the four called relational intuition. Relational intuition, this one's very important with relationships. What intuition does is that it filters the people around you so that only those who really care about you and your purpose uh, not yes people. These are people that 
will give you constructive criticism, but their intention is really for you to succeed. And there aren't a lot of people in this world that do that. So when you act like on mine, I've got two, maybe three. Um, And um, so intuition is good at filtering those people out. So when John's purpose changed to go from investment banking, where he was making three to $4 million a year to start a business from scratch, um, all the people who are, uh, who are concerned about say security, money, ego, fame, high-end restaurants, limousines, private jets, all those people said, you're nuts. The one person that believed in him and his purpose was his wife. And he turns to his wife and he looks at her in her eyes, in her eyes, and he says, and I'm quoting him now, this just feels right. That's his intuitive signal. So now we've got a non-believer who's gone through the three types of intuition and a signal uh, and now we come to the fourth uh, of the four called creative intuition. Creative intuition is ultimately the one that does makes the decision for you. So if you do a decision that's mundane, like I'm going to eat lunch tomorrow or let's turn left here, then your creative intuition is pretty low. There's not much creativity yeah. to that. But when you do some do something that's way against the norm, like John was about to do, his creative intuition is really high. And so now as John is describing this, He's now fully using the word intuition, saying that his intuition was telling him to run a business. So now you would think that someone who makes three to four million dollars a year running businesses for a number of years is going to pick a company or that to start that has maybe take over something that has healthy cash flows, good revenue or, uh, you know, strong balance sheet. Not his intuition. His intuition picked a tiny bankrupt little restaurant. And so he quit. He walked into that tiny bankrupt little restaurant and uh, he started it. And that tiny bankrupt little restaurant ended up being Eastside Mario's location number one. And he transformed that into over a thousand locations over a whole bunch of different brand names. And in 20 years before he retired, he grew that into a $2 billion behemoth. Wow. All because it felt right. And that's how intuition really works. So when we kind of take that now into relationships um, and relational intuition is one that's really important here. And so when you get into relationships, either at work or in your personal life, what happens is your intuition is really picking up on things like body language, uh, your words, matching your actions, um, your twitches. um, And it's always going to give you second chances with somebody else. But the moment that you start, your values start to detract with other people is when your intuition is going to start sending you those signals saying, "Mm, not sure it's going to be great keeping in touch with that, these people. And many of us actually start having relationships with other people, even though we know we should be leaving them because maybe they have, they wear certain brand names. Maybe they're part of a clique. Maybe they're popular. Uh, You know, maybe they know someone famous. Uh, We don't, it, we ourselves just know why we're we're latching on to one person or a group of people, but we know the intention behind that is that we don't really want to be friends with that person. Yeah. Uh, and, and it can also extend to family. And the problem that happens is that in some cases we get way too emotional and we want to give, we self-talk ourselves out. We give them third or fourth chances because intuitions already given them 
uh, many chances. And we start to ignore those subtle signals and they start getting louder and louder uh, until eventually um, you leave. Uh, and, and a great case study of this I have is uh, Sarah Prout. Sarah was in a, an abusive marriage, um, 10 years, 40 instances of abuse, physical abuse, and her intuition was done. Uh, she's, she ignored it so much. And then December 31st, uh, I believe it was 2016, if I recall the story, she just goes outside and she looks up to the stars and she just gets this signal that says, leave now, right now, this is your time. Uh, so she does, uh, finally, finally. And this is someone who had two kids, leaves that house $30,000 in debt, uh, living on welfare. Uh, in fact, left without knowing where she's going to live, um, starts to pick up furniture on the side of the streets because she had nothing. Uh, goes into public washrooms to steal the soap so she can put them together so that her kids can have a clean shower, eating baked beans and bread for days. Uh, but she did. She left. Um, and she trusted her intuition to open up one door after another in terms of opportunity, after another opportunity. Uh, eventually, she meets the love of her life on Twitter, funny enough. Uh, a year later, after a year-long sort of courtship period, and they tried, they got together, and they found out that that, yeah, they were meant for each other. They got married. And then she starts in this manifestation because that's what helped her move ahead. And so manifestation, intuition kind of really tightly, tightly wound. Uh, but she ended up going from nothing to in six and a half years running a multi-million dollar business. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. And I've heard lots of stories like that. I love watching reality TV. And so is one show, um, I forgot. I think it's called, it had to do with, um, I think it was called Evil Lives Here. And okay. it's, a, it's usually a show about people who grew up under the house, who grew up in the house of people who were murderers, serial killers, like all kind of people. And so in each episode, you hear something like this. The person who's a victim or who lived with this person, they'll say something like, I just knew there was something that was going on with my son. It just wasn't right. Or she wasn't, you know, I had this vibe. I felt this feeling. And it's amazing that everybody has it. And then you watch through the whole video. You watch the whole show and they tell us how they got away from that person or the moment they found out that person was a serial killer or murdered someone. And they're always saying, I knew something was wrong. I knew there was something different. And they go through what you said and they always say, I love the show because it talks about how things are normal, but then it always writes, but there were signs. Right. And then they start telling what the signs were and it goes in right in, it goes along with what you're saying about intuition. Yes. And the signs are always there. I remember one, one um, particular uh, interview I had with someone uh, and I can't name her name um, just for confidentiality, but uh, she was a bit nervous talk about intuition. And um, so, but eventually she said, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do one. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about. Um, and so when I used to do my podcast reviews uh, earlier on, uh, the one question I used to ask was, what was the one, th what, what was one thing that happened in your life where intuition impacted your life? Um, and when she, she said, uh, like, she was very nervous. I said, okay, talk to me. Don't look at the film crew. Um, and so we started the cameras were on. That was my question. And she goes, um, I ignored my intuition and I was sexually assaulted. And for the next 45 minutes, we talked about all the signs and how she needed to be a good friend. Um, because her friend was having problems at work. Uh, and so she felt compelled to be this good friend 
and follow that, what I call ego or follow the herd or talk yourself out uh, of the signs. And the signs were very early on in terms of this, the tone of this person's voice. Um, he moved from meeting in restaurants to asking her to come to his house. He saw, or she saw, she saw you know, pictures blown up with her kids and her mom on the wall. She saw beer bottles. And these are different different instances, different times. Yeah. One set, you know, these, these signs getting louder and louder and louder. And eventually, and, and the funny thing, she was a, uh, a bodybuilder. Um, and she was an IFBB pro, um, champion and he wasn't, and he still overpowered her, um, and assaulted her. Uh, so when it comes to relationships, yeah, you gotta be careful. And remember that, um, we, and we were talking earlier about fear and the amygdala. And so when we understand the four types of intuition and we get to a point where we fear moving ahead and there's, there's three types of fear. There's a fear of change, fear of failure, fear of the unknown, Remember, the amygdala is fight or flight. So it's going to be flight because you're going to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or it's fight, fight the fear and move through. And it, and you, you're going to have an intuitive signal that's going to take you to move through. But don't forget, your intuitive signal has already been through your past. It's already looked at your situation. It's already filtered the people through. So when it tells you to take a step forward, even though you're fearful of that, you've already had the raw skills in the past multiple times that your intuition is telling you, you've got this, you can do this. And you just got to take that first step and then take the next step. And a really good example of this is a colleague of mine, David Dame. David had, uh, has had cerebral palsy all his life and he's been in his wheel in a wheelchair. And his dream was simply just to walk on a beach and feel the sand on his toes. And he got this opportunity a number of years ago. And his friends wheeled him up onto the edge where the sand meets the water, the ocean. Uh, and he stands up and he falls flat on his face. And the fear starts cropping up. The embarrassment starts cropping up. And then he says, Sunil, I have two things I can do at that instant. The first thing is I can succumb to that fear and sit back in my wheelchair and forever regret that I was not able to turn my dream into a reality, even though I'm right here. Or I can trust my intuitive signal and take one step and take another step and take another step. And so that's what he did with his friends on his side, moving him further and further into the ocean. And he points to his chin and he says, the water gets up to about his chin level. And that's when he turns around and he hasn't realized how far he has come. And that's what happens when you trust your intuition and battle fear is that when you start taking those steps guided by intuition again and again and again, you just simply start walking in the direction of your purpose. You start walking in the direction of the goals that you're meant to meet. You start walking in the purpose of the success you're meant to have. And when you do that, you start to not waste time making bad decisions because the steps you're taking move you into the right decision. And one of the things that people don't realize is that when you make a bad decision, the cost of that is actually something called opportunity cost. It's twice that cost. It's not just the cost of making a bad decision. It's also the cost of not making the right decision. Yeah. And so you're, and so when you do not take the time to understand how your intuition works. You don't take your time to understand what those intuitive signals are, which you can start with today. You're facing twice the cost every time you don't do something. And 
I can't think of a worse way to to waste your life guessing when you could be on the path to productivity, on the path to your goals, your purpose um, today. Uh, and that's just the way to live, I think, in my opinion. No, I agree. Because I always talk about how sometimes we don't trust ourselves. And because we don't trust ourselves, we ignore red flags, we ignore our feelings, and we end up making bad decisions, like you said, yeah. because of our intuition. We don't we don't listen to it. We totally don't. And when it comes to relationships, it's important, like you said, to listen to re- intuition because it can help you not waste time with somebody who you are not meant to be with. Or right. Not wait. And I guess the thing is, sometimes we always give people too many chances. I remember when my kids were really small, there were like people who would come around and they wouldn't want to talk to them. They wouldn't, you know, they hollered, they came around, they wouldn't want to talk to them and they would just run away, walk away. And I used to say, no, it's okay. Come talk to them. And I remember this um, psychologist at our church. She was like, Kiana, she said, if they don't want to talk to someone, don't make them talk to them. She said, because these are kids and kids have intuition on who's good and who's bad. So they're running from this person. (laughs) She's like, or they don't want to talk or they don't want to be bothered with this person. She said, don't make them because they know something that we don't know because they're listening to their intuition. So that's why we said even babies as young as two months, it made me think of that because I'm just like, yeah, that's true because kids do have a good instinct about people. Kids can pick things out that we can't. (laughs) Like they actually are accurate with this stuff. Yeah. And, and, and with kids, they're not burdened by societal norms yet. You know, the, the advice of others whose intentions aren't really, you know, correct or, you know, aligned with yours. Uh, and it, the, the unfortunate part is a, the vast majority of us really don't really trust ourselves. You know, we, we look back and we try and do things that are going to prove somebody wrong or this happened to me in the past was so not going to happen to me again. And, we're always rebounding off of something that's happened in the past. So when we're actually living in the present, it's because we're giving power to something that's happened in the past that we haven't just let go. And so that we can just live. Uh, And unfortunately that's much higher than we think. And so for me, like there's a lot of people that come to me when we, when I kind of do my coaching to get rid of stuff in the past because they're stuck there. And then once we get rid of that, then they're able to move ahead emotionally right and so and and the other thing you have to realize in relationships that even if you're in one and you thought that it was going well it might have been for sure but what happens is your intuition is always on it's like a camera it's like and so it's always watching and so when the values detract from yours in a significant way that it's unbearable that's when your intuition is saying okay something's changed uh, and it could be the other person's not living according to his or her intuition or his or her purpose or his or her values. And they start to sway towards uh, a, an area that you're just not comfortable with. That's when you have to make the decision to go. So in some cases, yes, you know, right away before you get into a relationship. In other cases, the relationship's fine until something happens uh, to the other person and they're not able to deal with it. And then that's when you have to protect yourself. Um, and that's very, very important in relationships because ultimately you want to surround yourself with those who really matter and be really hard about that uh, and very strict about that. And if other people don't agree, that's well, that's their problem. I mean, this is your path. Uh, it's a saying that I always say, this is my train. This is this is my track. This is how fast I'm going. If you don't like the, tra- the, the path that I'm on, you know, get off at the next station. 
I've lost, uh, there've been times where I have some great friends and something changes for whatever reason. I can't explain it, but we drift apart. Okay. We drift apart. And so when I have given second chances, or even in some cases, I'll give a third chance, even though my intuition is saying, let go, I've let go at some point and something doesn't change. Maybe I can't explain it, but I can't worry about that because the more time I spend trying to bring that, that family or that person back into my life, I could spend that same time dealing with someone who really loves what I do uh, or who, who we have a fantastic relationship with. Um, And so again, there's that opportunity cost again. So this is where it's really, really important relationships to be very, very hard um, and, uh, and make those decisions. Um, And if other people see it as harsh or egotistical or whatever, you know, that's their definition Uh, for, for me, it's, it's, I'm protecting me, I'm protecting my family, and I only want to surround myself and my family with people whose values align, uh, who we really enjoy time with, uh, to bring joy to my life. And if anything ever was to happen, I know that they would be there without a doubt, with no hesitation. And if that means that's one person, two people, or I don't have many people, anybody, and I need to find that person, I'll take that journey anytime rather than stuffing myself with uh, people who don't really care. Uh, and then no, it's it's quantity versus quality. And I go with quality every single time. No, I do as well. And I think that's the problem sometimes when it comes to relationships. Like if people are in a relationship, sometimes the fear of being alone is more frightening to them than mm. the fear of being with somebody who is not going to complete you and who's not going to be behind you 100%. There are so many people who stick with bad relationships because they're afraid to be alone and they don't listen to their intuition and just go because if they left now, who knows what they could find, who knows what could happen, but they're just so stuck in that one area. So they don't even give it a chance. And like you say, even with friends or family, I believe in loving people from a distance. If this is not working out, even if we're family, it's like, okay, I love my family, but then there are some people in my family. I just don't feel that comfortable with, being around them all the time, talking yep. to them all the time. So I don't, if they need anything, I'm here for you, but I don't feel like we need to be in each other's lives like every single day. And right. I think you have to know what you're able to deal with and what you're not able to cope with because some things you shouldn't even have to worry about having in your life. And then other things you're like, okay, maybe I can put up with that. <laughs> but you know, yeah. you have to make that choice. Absolutely. And, and, and just, it's okay to have relationships from afar and be cordial. You know, it's just not, it's, I'm not saying that you have to be a jerk every single time. Uh, you, you can have sort of stratified ones where you can have, I call it the three rings of authenticity. You know, you have the outside and you have the inner circle uh, and there's a sort of the middle ring where it's sort of the evaluation phase. And so you bring people in and out of that. Uh, so you bring people closer to see what they're like. Uh, and if they're not as who you want, you bring them farther. If you have people in the inner circle, maybe you move them out, maybe you move some people in and it's always fluid. But in the end, yeah. what you're trying to do when you're listening to intuition is making sure that those around you at that given moment are the ones that should be around you for that's going to take you forward in whatever you're doing in life, personally or professionally at that time. And again, it's going to be an ebb and flow. Um, some people are going to be there for five years, maybe some people, maybe 30 days. I mean, you don't know until your intuition is able to assess that other person. Um, and again, as I said before, if they change, they could, because they're not trusting their intuition and then that's not your fault. Right. So then that's their, that's their problem that they can't fix it. And they haven't done the work to figure out what their intuition is telling them, but that's not on you. That's on them. Yeah. And I always say people evolve, like the same people that I knew from high school, We've all changed. Kid, people I knew yeah. as kids, we've changed. And so so 
some of us are closer, some of us are not as close. Yeah. But I always say, you know, in life we evolve, we change, we can't expect to be the same person we were 20 years ago, five years ago, even yeah. two years ago. And if we are, then we're stuck. We need to be doing something to be better than that person than we were. So I'm just like, the world changes, we change. It shouldn't be so far-fetched to think that our relationships are going to change or Absolutely. the people who we used to hang with, we don't feel comfortable being around them as much anymore because we've evolved, we're growing, we're changing and our views and values change every day. Absolutely. And this, and for those people who are looking to find a process to change, I mean, they can also go look, start today, take a piece of paper and then write, you know, the decisions they made in the past, good and bad, and think about what those signals were uh, and take that inventory and start today. Uh, I also have a free seven day challenge. If you go to intuitionknowledge.com, it takes them through a seven day challenge where they actually look at the inventory of positive and negative signals from a problem they want to solve. And then in seven days, they use all the components of their intuition and some decisions that they need to make to solve that problem. And there's two people that go through that um, uh, within the, uh, on a day by day basis, two case studies. One is uh, John Harris who actually sold his house in seven days um, going from minus 20,000 to plus 30 plus 50,000, $70,000 in the seven days. And then the other person who goes through that, she actually was a witness to a homicide. She walked into her, boyfriend's apartment he had actually just murdered their friend he closed the door behind her locked it uh put a knife to her back and said you're next that she basically uh looked at her relational intuition kept him calm and then he assaulted her choked her asked her to clean the blood uh which she refused and then her intuition gave her the moment to escape she got that chance uh unlocked the doors ran down 18 flights of stairs and uh was able to dial 911 and live uh, but she used the seven-day challenge to minimize the PTSD, depression, anxiety she suffered. She didn't it didn't get rid of it, but she was able to finally learn how to trust relationships, learn how to go back to the gym, for example, to just really just emotionally settle down. And so if people like John and, and uh, Ashley Michelle can go through the seven-day challenge to find a solution to their problem, there's absolutely no reason why you can't find a solution to your problem in seven days. Um, and so I encourage, and it's free, by the way, there's, there's no cost. That sounds amazing. Cause I do think that if you start to trust your intuition, get therapy, all of these things are helpful tools that you can use yep. to get past certain events in your life. And like you say, you can't completely erase some things that have happened to you, but you can minimize the damage. Right. You can definitely do that. Right. Well, let me ask you for those who want to get in contact with you. Where do we go to hear more about what you're doing? Where can we find you on social media? Where are you? Absolutely. So um, I'm on all the major ones. I've got LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I've, uh, I'm also on Clubhouse. I'll be venturing into TikTok uh, in a bit. No dancing. Got a podcast series. Um, so you can find that at intuitionology.com forward slash podcast. Or I'm, all, I'm on all the uh, pod, major podcast apps. And if you go to intuitionology.com, lots of information there. Uh, there's a blog, big blog that I put out just recently on my journey uh, with some case studies there and the seven day challenges there as well. So yeah, uh, it, there's lots of ways to get a hold of me and DM me if there's any questions. Wasn't that an amazing interview? My favorite part was when he was talking about relational intuition and how we give people so many chances, even though our intuition is telling us not to give this person a chance and to back away from relationships. So I hope this is helping you guys and will be helpful in the future as you navigate through your relationship. Now, the song we're going to listen to today is called When Were You Going to Tell Me? And this song talks about how the woman kind of felt that something was wrong in her relationship and how she followed her intuition and found out some information that she did not expect to find. So here is the song, When Were You Going to Tell Me? It started 
Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. I truly enjoyed your company, and I think that I can say that we all learned a lot about intuition. I also want to invite you to join me tomorrow at 1 o'clock on a Facebook Live, and we are going to talk about intuition, and we're also going to talk more about how this can affect your relationship and what we can do to begin trusting ourselves. The Facebook Live is going to take place in our Facebook group, so if you have not joined the group, this is a good reason to join our Facebook group. We would love to have you there. I also want to encourage you guys to share the podcast with your friends, your family, whoever you know who may need to hear about relationships or who want to improve their relationships. I encourage you, go ahead and share this podcast with them today. Or if you think there's another episode that might fit them more, then go back and you can share that too. You can go through our catalog of episodes and you can share whatever episode with them you'd like for them to hear. So go ahead and share this episode with a friend. I also would love to invite you to come on and follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's an opportunity to follow. So just go ahead and follow us so that you will be the first ones to get the podcast and you won't have to wait until I post it online. You will know that automatically on Wednesday mornings, you will definitely have a new episode of the podcast. So go ahead and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, I think that is all. So if you have any questions for me, all of our social media information can be found in the show notes. And all you have to do is DM me or message me, and I can give you whatever information you need. Okay, I think that's all. Um, you guys have an amazing day. Enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Don't